Hello, uh, and welcome to the Death of the Roman Republic bonus episode one, Q&A episode, uh, just really quick. How the heck did I pull this off? Well, a friend and I recorded this episode, we recorded our audio separately, and then I edited them together on GarageBand, so it is a little bit more rough, a little bit more live since we did this all in one take. Uh, this was our first time podcasting with uh, someone else, so, you know, a little bit awkward, but still pretty fun. Uh, just two friends having a conversation about some Roman history. Um, it's pretty fun overall. I hope you guys enjoy the show, and I hope you guys check out Red 5 Radio, a Star Wars podcast, but more on that later in the episode. And now the show really starts. Hello and welcome to the Death of the Roman Republic Q&A episode. This is the first of a few bonus episodes I have in mind. Listeners sent me questions over social media that I'm going to try my best to answer, and I have some help today. My friend, Alec, host of Red 5 Radio, a Star Wars podcast, will be asking me your questions. Alec, would you like to tell us a bit more about your show? Of course. Thank you for having me on, by the way. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, well, yeah, my name is Alec. I'm the host of Red 5 Radio, a Star Wars podcast where we take an in-depth look at a galaxy far, far away. Uh, this podcast is essentially a, a Star Wars breakdown for people who uh, aren't entirely familiar with the content. Because there's so many books, movies, TV shows, comic books, and even a theme park centered around the universe, you might not have time to consume all of that material yourself. So why not let me do it for you? Uh, we talk about a variety of subjects. Uh, we try to keep it relevant to the, the media that's coming out. So we'll do some uh, Mandalorian pieces here in the next couple weeks. Uh, we talked about Obi-Wan's girlfriend, uh, how Kylo Ren gets his name. The next episode we have coming out will be tomorrow. It'll be about the differences between clone troopers, Imperial stormtroopers, and First Order stormtroopers. Uh, because my mom uses them all interchangeably. So this episode is a direct attack at her. Um, but yeah, this, it's a informational Star Wars podcast, about 20 minutes long. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing it, but I also have a lot of fun listening to the death of the Roman Republic. So I'm, I'm glad that you asked me to come on and do this with you. Well, I, I appreciate you being here, Alec, doing the Lord's work, breaking down Star Wars for the masses and of course, educating mothers very near and dear to my heart as a teacher. Uh, so, so Alec, just to, to fill in. Uh, I guess our friendship for the folks listening, perhaps, uh, you know, we got to know each other in college a little bit, and you might not guess it from the sounds of our voices because we don't sound like a, a couple of bros, but Alec, how the heck did we meet, do you think? Well, if I had to guess, I'd say we, we joined a fraternity together. Well, I joined after you, but yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that is very true. Alec and I were a part of the same fraternity. Um, not one of the evil ones, which is most of them, uh, which is nice. But yeah, Alec and I got to know each other in college through that fraternal organization. Uh, I think we've only become closer friends throughout the years and still keep in contact even after we're both out of there. So yeah, sometimes uh, fraternal organizations can be good. Um, don't join an evil one at all uh anything else there to add alec uh i'm just glad that brotherhood has lasted longer than i thought it would indeed indeed uh and gosh darn it uh you know money went to good places sometimes uh anyway though <laughs> um uh, alec also just said uh, what were a couple of your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to would you say 
Uh, well, without uh, sucking up a little too much, um, obviously I the one I've been listening to the most has been Death of the Roman Republic. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, I also listen to Off Topic, and Face Jam, uh, and then... Um, Oh no! Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Red Web, uh, Red Web. Um, those are all part of the family company, Rooster Teeth. Uh, and then David Tennant does a podcast with is also a popular one of mine. He just has a different uh, fellow actor or celebrity on every week, and they just talk about different things. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, they what sound like interesting shows. Oh, my favorite shows. Yeah, um, I would say that. In general, uh, well, Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Uh, back in the day, I listened to The History of Rome, although I won't say that was the biggest inspiration for this show, surprisingly, but a really comprehensive podcast about the history of Rome's cool. Um, in terms of modern media and current events, I do listen to uh, a lot of crooked media podcasts, as well as the New York Times, The Daily. And for funsies, I have a couple of headgum podcasts. I listen to um, If I Were You with Jake and Amir and Good Christian Fun with Kevin and Caroline might be my favorite uh, podcast I listen to right now. But yeah, those are the main ones I listen to, I'd say. I am familiar with Jake and Amir, I do have to say. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Okay. Do you still listen to their show or just uh, their old College Humor videos? The old College Humor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I go on a binge of those every so often to uh, re-experience that happiness and joy I felt in high school. Not college. Not college. Not college. No. Um, anyway, though, uh, Alec, you think we're ready to dive into these Q&A questions? I think that I am ready. Are you? I think I am, too. Um, this is almost like um an interview where i know the questions beforehand but i hope uh i don't suck at doing this like i suck at interviews so hopefully yeah this goes well all right well best luck to you i hope you're ready for tough questions oh god all right so question number one that we have is from twitter user fulcrum trevere uh, i think i'm pronouncing that right and the twitter app might have changed since then but nonetheless the question is as follows Ah, I'm so excited. Who is your favorite Roman of the late Republic, if you have one? Also, if it's Caesar, then except for him. All right, all right. Well, a great question from my pal Fulcrum Triumvir. Uh, hope you're doing well. Um, now, my answer to this, my favorite Roman of the late Republic, I think I had replied to you on Twitter when you tweeted this at me that by the end of the series, you might get a vibe for it. And uh, chapter 20 being an hour long, all about Augustus might have given that away. But really, the it is Augustus. The whole impetus of the series was just because I was so fascinated by Augustus and wanted to talk about him in podcast format. Uh, I've been fascinated by him ever since spring 2017 when I got to play a simulation game uh, of the Ides of March in my Roman history class. We all got to be politicians after the Ides of March, Caesar got assassinated, so people, uh, there was a dude who was Brutus and Cassius and Cleopatra, uh, and just, we all had different goals, of course, after the wake of Caesar's death. We had not yet studied what had factually happened after Caesar's death, but uh, getting to the point, 
my teacher selected that I should be Octavius, and obviously Octavius had some pretty grand goals, and gosh darn it, I still ended up being Augustus, which was pretty cool. Uh, my path was a lot more different than the historical Augustus's, but in total, yeah, Augustus is my favorite. He lived a very charmed life um, and started that as a vicious rise as a teenager who probably should have died. He made some mistakes, but he really survived by being a bastard who mellowed out later uh, and was a much better leader than uh, what the late Roman Republic leaders had become, and he was still a bastard and still a military dictator, but gave the Roman world years of peace and prosperity and was a lot better to all the civil wars they had, and there was still a lot of suffering in the empire, but even after I made a whole series about the death of the Roman Republic in which leaders were elected and checked and balanced each other, and in less than 20 years of him entering the scene, it all gets upended, uh, I am still just endlessly fascinated by Augustus, who was just vicious and brilliant and was the real final nail in the coffin for the Republic. Uh, I do have a couple of quick shout outs, though. Um, this really comes from the book Caesar, Life of a Colossus that I read by Adrian Goldsworthy, uh, which talked a lot about Caesar, uh, who I do enjoy, but also just uh, the first triumvirate. Uh, those fellows were pretty hardcore and interesting. All their quirks and insecurities were really fascinating to read about. Poppy Magnus being the brilliant general, but having some odd behaviors and being kind of a crappy politician. Uh, the irony of Crassus, the firefighter extraordinaire, uh, Roman trillionaire or whatever who built luxurious houses but himself lived very modestly and had come a long way since living in a Spanish cave. And while I like Augustus the most, Julius Caesar's life uh, reads like a fantasy novel, but it is all real life, which is insane. And there is no Augustus without Caesar. So yeah, special shout out to the first triumvirate there. Uh, that is my in total answer for you, my friend. Well, there you have it. Favorite Roman of the late Republic, we have Augustus. Uh, we will move on now to a couple of questions from Jacob, uh, a friend of ours, uh, a fanatic of the show. Uh, Roman Thanksgiving feasts, what were those about? Yes, okay, Jacob, I do not have the best answer for you because I think I read about this in uh, some books and I didn't really follow up on that too much. But the vibe I get from it is that it is not literally like a Thanksgiving turkey feast, which, you know, the Romans wouldn't even have because that's a new world animal. You know that, you're a biologist. Anyway, though, uh, it's not literal Thanksgiving, but basically generals, victorious generals who had just seized a lot of wealth from enemy countries, enemy powers, uh, they would have used their wealth to provide food in Thanksgiving celebration uh, to basically buy the people's love uh, with that food. So that is my perception of those Roman Thanksgiving feasts in total where generals might sponsor several days of feasting uh, to win the people's love. All right. Uh, a follow-up question from Jacob as well. Uh, not exactly a follow-up. Another question from Jacob uh, would be, after listening to the Battle of Actium, what did naval battles look like with a lack of cannons? Yeah, Jacob, that was a really awesome answer or question I did not have an immediate answer to. But earlier today, I found a great YouTube video uh, kind of all about this from the YouTube channel Invicta. So Invicta's video is called Warfare of Classical Antiquity, Republican Fleet Tactics, in parentheses, Roman Navy. It reviewed some stuff I passingly knew and taught me some cool new stuff. But the biggest takeaway, though, okay, 
The major goal of Roman naval battles were to ram into enemy ships at high speed, breach the hull, and wreck the ship. So nothing at all like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean cannons or Modern Warfare at all, obviously. But uh, it was trying to just crunch another ship, basically. And there were other ways to harass and immobilize ships, like firing projectiles or dropping a Corvus plank and landlocking two ships together to fight on the ships like land battles. Uh, but the main tactic was just ramming the crap out of the flank of an enemy ship to sink it. The front of Roman ships had a metal rostrum, a big metal iron piece meant to punch a hole in an enemy vessel at a high speed. So the rowers on Roman ships try to get up to those high speeds, punch that hole. That is the basics of it, but Invicta's Roman Navy video can't explain that a lot better than me. And with visuals, you know, YouTube's got that over us podcasters. So it's a big, a big boat derby. <laughs> Suppose so. All right. All right. Listening to chapter 18, everything seems like it's Octavian's point of view, while we're more guessing at Antony's intentions of, intentions of motives. Are we certain that Antony's main goal at Actium was to protect Cleopatra? Okay, uh, that is a good question. And maybe of all of these is the one that made me think the most because it really calls into question uh, historical perspective and bias and accuracy and propaganda. So as you know by now, uh, Octavian won the whole game. Uh, as Augustus, he had a lot of years uh, and a lot of propaganda to shape his own history, as well as the portrayal of his enemy, Antony. Uh, and that doesn't mean ancient historians make Octavian look totally good, and they don't make Oct uh, they don't make Antony look totally bad. But I try to keep that in mind, that as much as I like Octavian, uh, he is my favorite out of all of them, uh, everything is possibly tainted by that perspective and his propaganda. Uh, how However, it is, gosh, just trying to answer, um, you know, guessing Antony's motives. It's really hard just to really see Antony's uh, tactical advantage to just pursue Cleopatra like that, abandoning everything else. I mean, her money that she had on her ship bankrolled his whole civil war. Octavian himself was after that. But I think what is also really important to reemphasize and keep in mind that Antony was super depressed after Parthia, uh, and Cleopatra seemingly possibly got him out of it because Antony had gotten thousands of Romans killed in Parthia. His dream of a great conquest, uh, fulfilling what Julius Caesar wanted to do, turned into a horrible nightmare. In Parthia, he had tried to kill himself. He quite possibly had PTSD after this experience, but getting back to safety, he was very comforted by Cleopatra. Uh, Antony was losing his civil war against Octavian by the time the Battle of Actium had happened, so he might have seen the writing on the wall here. He was going to lose, and if he was going to lose, why not spend it in luxury with Cleopatra? And this is me really, really firing from the hip with a lot of conjecture, um, and if, of all the Romans, if I could time travel back and ask a Roman a question, uh, asking Mark Antony, what was the deal with Actium, man, uh, is a very high priority for me to try and answer. Because that is a great question, and I really do want to know what Antony truly wanted out of that battle. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, this next question is from Twitter user Antilius. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, they ask, if you could change an event that happened during the fall of the Roman Republic and thus change the course of history, what would that be? Uh, this was also an awesome question, and I 
have a couple of answers, I suppose. So, one answer. To avert the death of the Roman Republic and destroy my entire series, um, I, like, all the way back to Chapter 3 stuff uh, with the Gracchi, if Optimate Senators had found a way to compromise with Tiberius and or Gaius Gracchus and the Populares rather than kill them, you know, instead if they could compromise, the Gracchi then might not have tried to radically override the Senate's will with the popular votes, okay? Because if there's no Gracchi setting that example of uh, the popular vote overpowering the Senate, later politicians like Julius Caesar wouldn't try to appeal to the popular vote so hard, become more powerful that way, and destabilize politics. So maybe if there was no populares versus optimates, no popular vote overriding the Senate, um, the Republic could have lasted longer, uh, possibly. Um, not destroying itself, but another power destroying it, maybe. Um, another answer uh, that I made here, which would be to try to minimize bloodshed in the death of the Roman Republic. Like, the Republic is still going to die, but uh, try to lessen how many people get killed. Um, I might say, if there was not an Ides of March, and Caesar could have ruled as dictator to the end of his natural life, that could have canceled out uh, Brutus and Cassius versus the Second Triumvirate, and that could have then canceled out Antony versus Octavian, if Julius Caesar just went on living his life, ruling Rome. Okay. Uh, of course, there's a lot that could still go wrong here. Caesar could have died in Parthia. Mark Antony and Octavian could still fight for power after Caesar dies in the scenario. But there's a reality, possibly, where Caesar uh, and Octavian campaign in Parthia together. They live to tell the tale, and Caesar grooms Octavian to take over after him because uh, Octavian was already written into his will at the Ides of March. So, you know, Caesar had a liking for him. So I don't think that is the most implausible scenario that could have minimized bloodshed in the death of the Roman Republic. All right, this next round of questions comes from a new listener. Uh, Twitter user Stan's Bird Book asks, Hi, new listener here. Do you have a favorite period in Roman history? Yeah, uh, honestly, I think that, you know, this period, the death and decline of the Roman Republic, uh, is my favorite period because it has a ton of colorful characters essentially doing Game of Thrones, not really exactly like Game of Thrones, but they're playing for power. They're fighting for power. There's a lot of violence and sex and corruption. Um, but really, in this process of transforming a republic into an autocratic empire, I mean, that's interesting. And the big irony is that as many of them, you know, trying to claw for greater and greater power, most of them uh, do not rule that empire. Only one does. And many of them meet a very violent end uh, appropriate for the very violent game that they are playing. You either win the Game of Thrones or you die. <laughs> uh, indeed, Cersei. Uh, what made you decide to start a Roman history podcast and how has working on it been like? Yeah, okay. So, um, this is a little tangential, but I had and still have an idea for a podcast about a very specific group of Americans and World War II. Like, that is the first podcast I wanted to do, a World War II podcast. However, in the fall of 2018, I got very inspired to do a podcast about Augustus and how he transformed 
uh, a republic into an empire. So that was in my head. Uh, it would be a smaller scale story. That would be a good practice pro- podcast before I got to move on to the more grand World War II project. That was my real big dream goal. Okay. Uh, of course, the scope of Augustus of the Augustus podcast got way larger than I originally thought. I realized I really needed to start uh, with the Gracchi and uh, at one point, I thought I could get through the death of the Roman Republic in 12 episodes. Obviously, that got extended out to 20. Uh, but overall, it's been a really fun and rewarding project. I learned a lot of cool stuff, a lot of what not to do. Uh, I've connected with some really amazing people. Um, that is the reason I'm basically doing this whole episode. And I think and I really hope it brought a little joy and education into people's lives. Uh, it's also really fun and challenging to connect uh the story to clips in modern media as well. Uh, admittedly, at times, it's caused a bit of stress. I've burned myself out of doing this podcast uh, a few times. Uh, I have twice previously tried to record this series and failed to do so. So this is actually my third time around having hit record on episode one. And I mean, it's finally done now. I did it. I'm a podcaster. So that's great. But finding that balance of having fun and not burning myself out has been an important thing to learn. So yeah, in total, I've learned a lot. Uh, I've had fun. I will definitely do it again for my World War II podcast idea and hopefully some other ideas too, maybe. Do you have any advice for people who aspire to have a career teaching Roman history or Latin literature? Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm sorry, but I do not have terribly good advice in that regard. I am a teacher, uh, but I teach seventh grade world geography, uh, and my degree is in just teaching general social studies to sixth graders to 12th graders, so 12 to 18 year olds. My guess Um, is that if you want to specifically teach Roman history or Latin literature, that would probably be some very specific niche courses at a university level and maybe would need a PhD. I took one Roman history class in college and that was uh, taught by a PhD, but I'm not in academia and I have no, uh, I can't say that uh, concretely for certain, okay? I will say that as a, if you were, say, a regular old social studies teacher like me, you might get a chance to teach some Roman history stuff in an ancient world civilization class, for example, the school I teach at. Uh, the sixth graders, uh, the year before they have me, do learn about ancient civilizations, do have a unit on the Romans, but you couldn't really focus wholly on them for a course at, uh, you know, at least where I'm at here. Um, and also, I'll throw this out there, uh, some of my friends who took Latin in high school read the Odyssey, so that could be a avenue to teach Latin literature if that's your passion, but to mean, uh, meaningfully stay on either of those subjects, you'd need to be at a university level, is my guess. Um, but if that is what you want to do, I really do wish you luck. Um, and, you know, maybe secret answer out there. It's really possible to make a YouTube career out of this thing. There's uh, tons of cool Roman history YouTube channels like Historia Civilis, Invicta, the Death of the Roman Republic podcast on YouTube. And as far as I know, there is no major uh, YouTube channel dedicated to Latin literature. So that could be a very niche, maybe very lucrative field uh, you could explore. But in any case, Best of luck to you, my friend. When you say Death of the Roman Republic podcast on YouTube, are you referring to this podcast on YouTube or is it a different podcast on YouTube? It's actually no affiliation, but I gotta say, the guy has a sexy voice. All right. (laughs) Could be the same one. We don't know. Um, All right. This last round of questions 
comes from Leah, and then I have a, a couple as well. Um, but Leah asks, how long does it take to make one episode? Research, scripting, recording, editing, the whole works. Okay, okay. Uh, Leah, great question. Um, I- I'll throw this out here too. Leah was in my Roman history class uh, and was a-, a person in the Ides of March game. Uh, Leah, I'm sorry, I don't remember your specific character. Uh, like a narcissist, I only remember my perspective and that I was crowned emperor. But I know you helped me out, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate you listening and being a friend all these years and asking all these great questions. But anyways, uh, my process took a while. Like I said, uh, I had this idea back in fall 2018. I do remember I started to write some episodes over that Thanksgiving break in 2018, just the early basic stuff about, uh, you know, uh, I talked about the Roman kingdom uh, a little bit. I had notes on that. uh, That didn't make it in the final series. But I would say just in total research, aggregated, probably took about four months, but I did that over like uh, several months at a time. So the biggest basis were three books by Adrian Goldsworthy, uh, as well as my college tech textbooks. Uh, Goldsworthy's books were Caesar, Life of a Colossus, Antony and Cleopatra, and Augustus, First Emperor of Rome. Uh, I read these in a weird order. I had read about Augustus first, uh, since his story was the impetus for the series, and um, it, uh, only the first third of the book was relevant to D-O-T-R-R. Uh, the first third of that book describes Octavian's rise and the death of the Roman Republic. Uh, the last two-thirds of Augustus's book uh, was basically only used for chapter 20, describing his long reign. And I have read that Augustus book three times, so I know it pretty well and didn't take too many notes on it. Uh, so, Caesar, Life of a Colossus, and Antony and Cleopatra, those two other books I read, uh, were very crucial to understanding their roles in the death of the Roman Republic, as well as the wider world of the Republic's politics. If I had not read those books, D-O-T-R-R would have been a much crappier series. Uh, Caesar's story very much informed me uh, about the characters of Pompey Magnus, Crassus, and Cato the Younger. They popped up a lot in there. Um, I took extensive notes on Caesar's story Story. I digitally outlined it as I read it, and I would guesstimate that book took me about a month to digitally outline, probably around November 2018, reading through that. Uh, Antony and Cleopatra was also very helpful in understanding their stories, and I also digitally outlined that. That took sh- a shorter amount of time, I think about three weeks to finish outlining, and it is a shorter book, and I had a ton of time because I just finished student teaching in spring 2019 finishing that, so it was nice to unwind reading that fascinating book. Also, I used my college textbook on Roman history, Ancient Rome, A New History by David Potter. That was very informative for chapters one through five primarily, uh, but for most of the series, Adrian Goldsworthy was my muse. Um, as far as scripting that goes, uh, scripting based off those notes, the notes that I took, um, and some of which were embedded in my memory, took about two days on average, about one day to write, one day to edit, call it. Um, and that really depended because the whole hour-long series finale, of course, was a more several-day process. Uh, but anyway... Um, I do remember one of the best times of my life was in the summer of 2019, where I wrote chapters 16 to 18 on three successive nights uh, in a cool little basement while I was staying in Manhattan, Kansas, working. Um, So that was a really fun time and therapeutically writing about something I was really passionate about. Uh, Recording and editing 
was a really tricky, interesting part here because like I said earlier, I started recording DOTRR twice before the third attempt would be actually released. Like uh, my first attempt was not great. Um, and I don't know, I think I recorded up to episode six before I'm like, uh, no, I, I, this isn't great. I, I tried that out in summer 2019. Uh, it failed. Um, around the time quarantine started in March, uh, 2020, I made a second attempt to record DOTRR, but again, I just burned myself out of it. Uh, it wasn't working for me. So I quit that because I still had to teach then as well. But then finally, um, in late June 2020, on my third chance, I just really went for it. And I finally recorded my whole series and started releasing it. And third time's the charm in that regard, I guess. So um, I recorded about an episode a day. Um, and as I learned from my many attempts to do the series the right way and to try to optimize my workflow, that waiting a day to edit um, was not a good idea. Um, it was best practice to record an episode and to edit it that same day because letting a whole day pass by, um, you know, recording at different times of day like that could lead to some very big changes in my voice that was a little jarring there. So I tried to record um, and edit everything on the same day. I found that was my best practice. At times, I did feel a little burnout there and would take a break every few days, but that is what ultimately worked for me. And so hindsight being 2020, I probably didn't need two years to complete DOTRR if I could have focused on it full time, maybe just would have taken six months, but there was still that learning curve. And if I went at that pace, I definitely would have burned myself out. So ultimately, I am happy with this final result. Thank you for that uh, one question, Leah. All right, we have a second question from Leah. Um, what was the most interesting, unexpected, or weird thing you learned during your research? Um, okay, I have a most interesting and unexpected. Um, unfortunately, weird didn't really come to mind, but it's been a while since I looked through those old notes again. But anyways, the most interesting thing to me was Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars, which was uh, basically all covered in Chapter 10. Um, uh, Caesar would not have been dictator without those Gallic Wars um, because his brilliant and vicious generalship uh, gave him 10 loyal legions, uh, which was his base in uh, his civil war against Pompey and the Optimates. So without becoming uh, famously strong and powerful out in Gaul, uh, he would not have won his civil war. Uh, in my opinion, at least. Um, all the various Gallic tribes that he subjugated, Vercingetorix's last stand was all very interesting. And also the fact that Caesar kept going so hard at them because he knew it was a great uh, PR that would make him more, common, uh, more popular to the common Roman. Really interesting stuff. Um, anyway, though, unexpected thing that I learned was Antony's failed Parthian invasion. I knew that from my Roman history class that Octavian eventually grew stronger than Antony and was able to defeat Antony at Actium. But what I did not know was that Antony's passion project of invading Parthia uh, completely failed, devastated his forces, it wrecked his credibility in Rome, and he went on a severe emotional decline after that. Like, Antony's failed venture uh, out in Parthia really undermined his Roman credibility, and I think think that if Antony kept his paws off of Parthia, his civil war with Octavian would have gone very differently. Um, maybe Antony could have won in the end or something like that. But Parthia 
was a real low point, the low point for Antony that really defined his life to some Romans, destroyed his reputation. Um, and without that, Antony would have been in just a much better position. And I did not realize how important that was uh, until I had read about it in Antony and Cleopatra. So after all the bonus episodes, do you have plans or ideas for a new podcast? Uh, I do have uh, some other plans on other podcasts, and I'm just trying to think of what I can kind of say or what I'm trying to keep on the DL, I suppose. But I guess I will expound upon what I said earlier. Um, I had said that I, the very first podcast that I really ever wanted to do was a a World War II podcast about a very specific group of Americans, uh, and that in particular is uh, the uh, 442nd. Um, the 442nd Regimental Combat Team was made up primarily of Japanese Americans, some of whom had family interned uh, at the uh, Japanese American uh, internment camps in America. And so despite their families being locked up, some of them having been locked up themselves, they fought for the United States uh, against the Nazis um, uh, fighting for a country that didn't wholly love or trust them. And the 442nd to this day is the most decorated um, and awarded military units in the U.S. Army. And the fact that uh, a group of people who Americans did not wholly trust accomplished that uh, inspires me so much. Um, I am, I'm half Japanese myself, so their story really speaks to and inspires me. Um, I, I don't frankly even have any family who are members of the 442nd, but, uh, it is, uh, similarly to how death of the Roman Republic, uh, is just an insane story of an entire form of government transforming from something like a democracy into a dictatorship. Um, the 442nd story of fighting so much adversity, uh, adversity and, powering through nonetheless and gritting their teeth and fighting horrible wars and battles and being treated poorly by some of their commanders it's uh it's it's crazy and i don't think uh i could do what they did in the face of such adversity um so that is a very inspiring story to me that i would really love to see told and Hopefully within a few years, um, I can be a person who tells it or just better informs people about their story. That's awesome. So what's the funniest thing you found during research? Yeah, okay. I had a couple of examples here. Um, so uh, a lot of my notes came from Adrian Goldsworthy, who I'm pretty sure is a British guy and therefore has a very dry sense of humor. But I kind of get that uh, from him inserting some funny historical records into his accounts. Okay, so one time um, later on in life when he was emperor, Augustus uh, saw a man in Rome who looked very strikingly similar to him, who could have been uh, his very own twin. So uh, when the man came to Rome, uh, Augustus ordered that he was brought to him. And after seeing him, he asked, tell me, young man, was your mother ever in Rome? The young man said no, and without restraint said, but my father was many times. Uh, so uh, this guy was saying that his dad... Uh, might have might have banged the emperor's mom. So that's uh, love. You love to hear that. Um, so yes, uh, very occasionally reading Caesar: Life of a Colossus, Antony and Cleopatra, and Augustus, First Emperor of Rome. Um, uh, uh, Adrian Goldsworthy has some just amazing dry humor to drop in there, and I really, uh, besides recommending all those books, just recommend reading them for the ancient Rome jokes. 
Alright, uh, speaking of ancient Rome jokes, uh, how did Hannibal defeat the Romans? Um, well, he, uh, he got quite a few battles on them, but um, he had uh, one very famous uh, collapsing front tactic. Uh, uh, he used the elephant of surprise. Gotcha. Yeah, I suppose so. He did have a single elephant by the time he got there. So yeah, yeah. All right. So that does lead me to my two questions. They're pretty quick. Um, so throughout the whole series, you had a lot of audio audio gags and clips that you used. Did you have a favorite one to put in? My personal favorite one was the Renegade. Uh, did you have one? Um, I think uh, Renegade for a while was the gift that kept on giving, and then I think the very last time I used it, I really hated it, but I'm glad you liked it. Um, I feel like that's going to really date itself, though. Uh, anyway, though, did I have a favorite gag? Um, man, I made a huge mistake was really good, because many Romans screw up, uh, and it's their own darn fault, and I love Arrested Development, which is also a very self-referential meta show sometimes and i guess i was trying to metally use that so that comes to mind um although per capita i'm uh star wars and the dark knight might have been the franchises i use the most there and then my last question is so there's so many different weird and cool names throughout the whole series uh i documented a couple of my favorites um but I think I think my number one is Decimus. I think that's just such a cool name. Um, did you have a favorite name uh, from the series? A single favorite name? Um, man, it it might be um, Imperator Caesar Divifilius Augustus. Augustus on its own is pretty good. And again, I'm very biased. But just adding that hardcore Imperator Caesar there, like I I really dig that. Um, but. Uh, uh, Alec, that does lead me into the fact that one of my bonus episodes is going to be arbitrarily ranking um, all the Roman names from the series based on how cool I think that they sound. Uh, so yes, I will be getting on that sometime and be ranking uh, how cool uh, yeah every Roman name is. Decimus, uh, Decimus Brutus is pretty high up there. Um, another really good one was a uh, Decimus Junius Solanus, I believe. It doesn't roll off the tongue. I just, uh, I love the aesthetic of that one. Um, I think Jacob was a big fan of Gaius Gracchus, if I remember correctly. Publius. Uh, you really liked Publius, I do remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, Publius Claudius Pulcher. That dude, like, I do like that name. It's it's kind of like a, to me personally, a gross sounding name, but Publius uh, Claudius was... Uh, and in some ways, kind of a gross, sacrilegious guy uh, banging Caesar's wife at a religious ceremony. But anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, that is going to be a fun bonus episode to do, Alec. Thank you for reminding me of it. Of course. All right. Well, Alec, it appears that we are out of questions. So um, I really hope that you listeners enjoyed the program. You learned a little bit more probably mostly about me maybe a little bit of extra roman history stuff um hopefully recording this like this turned out okay this is a first time for the both of us alec and i here despite us both being professional podcasters uh but anyway i appreciate 
you listening, whenever you listen to this, um, Death of the Roman Republic is evergreen. Um, you can listen to it in 2030. And even if the references are still dated, uh, the information is uh, still good. So if you listen to the Q&A in 2030, I don't know, tweet at me some other questions. I might answer them sometime. We'll see. Um, so I will advise this again. I said this at the end of chapter 20, but I would recommend stay subscribing to the, uh, stay subscribed to this feed wherever you're listening because Death of the Roman Republic might not exist in podcast form forever. Maybe it's not up in 2030 because I got to pay every year to keep it up, but I will legitimately try to as long as is financially viable for me. If it ever is going to leave a, the podcasting platform, though, I will give at least a few months notice in advance that it is going away, uh, time to move it somewhere else, time for you to download it a final time, something like that. But that is a bridge we will cross when we, if we ever get there. Hopefully not, honestly. Uh, just wanted to say stay subscribed so you can keep in the loop with that. And I also want to say a big thank you to my friend Alec for jumping on the mic with me here. Um, like I said, this is my first time podcasting with another person. And hopefully we edit this together right. It sounds pretty good. Alec uh, has definitely put in a lot of hard work to do this with me. And he puts a lot of hard work into Red 5 Radio. And I totally recommend that you check it out. I literally learn something new uh, every time I listen, something new and interesting about Star Wars. So I really recommend you check out Red 5 Radio. I, I appreciate that plug. Um, I just wanted to say congratulations on successfully wrapping 20 episodes of The Death of the Roman Republic. Um, and I look forward to seeing what, what you do next with your upcoming episodes, your bonus episodes. Uh, yeah, tune into my show. I'll stay tuned to yours. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Alec. And again, thank you, all your listeners. And with that said, friends, Romans, countrymen, vote for Joe Biden. And I hope you enjoy the show. May the force be with you. I got a little too high there. Uh, happy Halloween 2020, everybody. Boom, 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 boom.